Hello, welcome to 77 Minutes, a Dallas Mavericks podcast, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. The only Mavericks podcast that Ronnie Mutt would never throw out of any game, ever. I'd throw out of your podcast feed. We're we're just a sweet, innocent podcast that would never say anything to a referee that would cause something like that. We don't. We certainly don't have a reputation that might hasten two technicals coming very quickly, um, even if... They're possibly not deserved in this instance. I'm Tim Cato. I write and talk about the Mavericks. We've got Austin Gurria here uh, recording after the Mavericks lose 116-106 to the Timberwolves. Uh, It's Monday night. You're probably listening to this on Tuesday. Yeah, that game pretty much ended when Luka Doncic and Jason Kidd got ejected within seconds of each other in the third quarter. That said, let's not overlook the fact they're down nearly 20 points at that point. We're not looking like a team that was going to win as it was and yeah that's a pretty pessimistic result even though there was some optimism over the weekend let's focus on this one what makes sense of the ejections and just what happened in that timberwolves game you know I i think the ejections were more a symptom not a cause of the loss they yeah they started playing very poorly in the i think like mid second quarter they just they couldn't get stops and their offense went into the mud they just they couldn't get into the paint. Not even they couldn't get to the rim. They couldn't touch the paint. They couldn't get inside of the three-point line. I've never, I don't think I've ever seen them have so many possessions in a row where the shot clock nearly expired and they had to just shoot a terrible shot out of the shot clock. Well, Luca, Luca couldn't get into the paint and then the trickle-down effect. Yeah, and no one else. I mean, and early in the first quarter or early in the game, they were doubling Luca off the pick and rolls and he was getting to Christian Wood. They were playing four on three. It was, it was, it was working pretty well. And... That just completely stopped in the second quarter. And whatever adjustment the, the Timberwolves made, they had no counter for it. I think the Timberwolves are a very specific team that the Mavericks struggle against because they have a lot of athleticism across the board. And there's nobody that the Mavericks have a single um, individual advantage against. No one can create an advantage against their individual defender. And we saw that the entire game. No one could beat their man off the dribble or beat their man off a backdoor cut. And so they couldn't get any penetration. They couldn't get any cuts into the lane. And so if the ball doesn't touch the paint, you're just going to have guys just launching threes. Yeah. They don't, they don't have a player like Josh green. Um, you know, somebody would, who would help in this situation. They don't have Tim Hardaway jr. Uh, I thought it was really smart. You know, I, I thought when the, when the Timberwolves chose to double so often, um, up high, um, when Luca was running pick and rolls, I thought they scrambled really well. But that's also a symptom is that what they did is they kind of collapsed in on the on the slip screen. And it was usually Christian Wood. And Christian Wood mm-hmm. is the player you want in those situations. But because he's kicking it out to these static players that, you know, not Josh Green, not Tim Hardaway Jr., who can at least, you know, take a take a dribble and, and get a, you know, pull up two point shot off. It it just, you know, they rotated really well. I thought the Timberwolves, you know, absolutely Minnesota deserves credit for that. But the job is made easier when you do have static players on the rest of the court. And Minnesota recognizing that, I thought, took you know, did a really good job. I thought Luca just didn't have it, just in general. He though. Didn't. Yeah, he he looked slow. He looked like he kept, you know, 
Was he was he grabbing at his quad or was that just me? I, I thought he, he did. He tweaked his ankle early in the game and yeah. he kept grabbing at his ankle. And I think also Minnesota got more confident on defense because they realized they could help off of Bullock, help off of Dorian without having to get back as quickly because they knew they couldn't get beat off of a closeout. And so I think they, as the game grew, they grew into the game and they had more confidence with their rotation in the defensive end because they didn't really fear anybody outside of Luca or Spencer or Wood to make any play off the dribble. Yeah, I thought the the offense looked best when Kimball Walker was out there. Um, now, he was minus four off the bench and so and he wasn't really making shots so I, I don't know how much that bears out but i thought you know they just had a little bit more juice and you know just off the dribble dynamism we've we've been talking about it a lot and we've been talking about how a lot of these players don't have it um you know and, and i think i think that really showed in this game beyond that okay so we talked about the ejections um you also i should also note that i think you tweeted this but anthony edwards is a really good luca defender uh, so it was Jaden yes, McDaniels, who that dude looks like Bull Bull out there. Nas he's Reed, a, he's a, he's and then huge. Nas Reed just looks like a stocky, you know, kind of similar version of these guys. Nas Reed looks like Derrick Henry if he was seven foot, and <laughs> Jaden McDaniels is is like that dude is all limbs. Like they've got a bunch of really uniquely versatile defenders. Um, that they're scary, dude. You know, and and like. There are different. I, obviously, the entire Timberwolves experiment has not been going great this season, but they've got a lot of pieces that are interesting. If you, you know, kind of juggle the roster a little bit, but they, we'll they see them again on more, Wednesday. Yeah, they got to play more of their natural game. I think both Cat and Gobert being out for them was kind of a little bit of a blessing for them in this game, and that they just got to play their natural game that they played last season, especially for Anthony Edwards. Um, and they got to use their athleticism and also they kind of had an outlier shot making game. They're just, they're making threes at a pretty, pretty high clip. Osborne went like four, four from three. So that also, that helped them and that gave them a little juice on defense. And that's not a team you want to give juice on defense. They're, they have a lot of defensive talent, just like Anthony Edwards, maybe not a great off ball defender, but for as long as like a, as a one-on-one Luka defender, he's really good. He's a really strong defender. He's one of the guys who's one of the few guards in the league that's quick enough and strong enough to guard Luca one-on-one without help. And then if you mix that with Jaden McDaniels is it really, it's, it's one of the reasons why Luca, I think he has his, they showed the stats today. I think he has his the second lowest scoring average against any team is against the, the Timberwolves. And that shows that he just didn't have a good game. Didn't have it. The, the tech that, that <laughs> the ejection he got came from, yes, he wasn't getting calls, but honestly, like there are some Luka games where he's really just like berating the refs and being a real nuisance and just like letting the refs get get him out of his game. That I don't think really that was the case today. He just wasn't playing well, and it was because he was being defended pretty well. And he his ejection was honestly it was pretty ridiculous that he got ejected for what he maybe one technical. Yeah, you can get a tag for that, but like getting a whatever he said must have been very very poignant or very just disrespectful that ref. One more note about the just kind of the strategy, and I was listening to the Tim, uh, the Timberwolves broadcast, and they pointed this out. But they wouldn't have played this type of switching style, you know, trapping and then r- scramble rotation if Carl Anthony Towns was out there, or even if Rudy Gobert was out there, and Nas yeah. Reed specifically being as mobile as he is and being able to make these Xing rotations kind of enabled them to play outside of the way that you often might see Minnesota play. And I thought that was you know, really a stupid point and something that bothered them. So 
we'll we'll see what happens on Wednesday. You know, quick quick turnaround one of these baseball series, but uh, they're an interesting team. And yeah, Luca needs to be better than he was, even with the ejection, even with the really smart strategy to, you know, basically dare his teammates to do stuff because he doesn't have the right mix of teammates out there. You could make an argument broadly does not have the right mix of teammates this season, but it, it's weird because we record. Um, you know, we're on this Tuesday, Thursday, or Tuesday, Friday schedule. I feel like we've missed you, especially when you and me record. We've missed a lot of the like optimistic games. You know, it feels <laughs> yeah. like a lot of them have happened on Fridays, and we just don't record. You know, on Friday night or over the weekend, and then like on Sunday night, the team goes, or maybe Monday night, the team goes and loses in a demoralizing way. And we're kind of like reacting to that because that's the current thing. The team, you know, they had an interesting weekend though. Like we last recorded and the vibes were down. You know, I think that was literally the podcast title. And then the team comes out and very convincingly beats Portland. And then even though they're shorthanded, they keep it really close against Cleveland, take it to overtime. And, you know, that that was a game without Luka Doncic. That was a game without Spencer Dinwiddie. Do you have overall takeaways of like kind of what we learned about the team over the weekend as a whole? Uh, you know, any 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 need to update trends that we're kind of keeping a track, uh, you know, a pulse on just about the results of these three games in general? I think you know the Portland game was was good, was encouraging. You know, anytime they make their three again, this is a team that if they're tied to shot making, they made their shots. I think the Luca Christian Wood pick and rolls is is really becoming a huge staple for them. Um, but I think the biggest takeaway from the entire weekend between the Portland game and the Cleveland game is Kemba's um, performance against the Cavs. It's just to know that he can still do that, that he still has that ability to be an explosive player, to go for 30 points, to be able to beat his man off the dribble, make shots. I know he, he can't do that every game. It's not realistic to think that he's going to be a 18-point-a-game scorer for them. But to know that he can maybe do that every eighth game, every ninth game, if he gives them 10 games this season where he goes for 22 and five, that's a, that's really productive. That's really helpful because they, they need that level of dynamism to their offense. And just to know that he can still provide that, still has that talent, still has explosive ability to do that, even if he can't do it every game, it's just good to have that in the, in the back of your mind as it's just like a different option, a different tool for the roster. Yeah, to me, the best case scenario for him is exactly what we saw when Luca or Spencer, or in this case, both of them are out. The idea that you have a player that can go into your offense, run it in a similar way. Although I do think there are some stylistic differences about the way Kimba did it. Um, and I'll ask you about that in a sec. But just, I, you know, if this team is fully healthy, I don't know if Kimba even needs to be in, in the rotation. You know, at times, you'll put him in with a specific purpose of, you know, creating some specific matchup advantage. But I think there's other times when Tim Hardaway Jr. and Josh Green are healthy and Spencer and Luca are playing. I don't know if there's room for Kimball Walker. And I think that's fine. The idea that those two will miss time. And as a result, uh, you need a replacement at some point and that he showed he's able to fill in in those moments and, you know, maybe have a game like that. Look, he's not going to do that every time Luca or Spencer miss games but that's important to have that was like since this summer you know talking about trends talking about things that we're keeping an eye on since the summer we knew this was going to be an issue and if they've kind of halfway corrected it that's a plus that's an absolute plus for this team you know going forward how how do you think Kimba kind of ran the offense differently though uh as compared to 
you know, the slow and methodical uh, Dinwiddie and Doncic show. Doncic show. There we go. I think he allows all the other players to just play normal basketball. I think because Luka, we always talk about how Luka plays at his own pace. But sometimes when you're playing at your own pace, he's an irrhythmic player. And it's harder for other players to get into a rhythm if you're just playing off a guy that you're not adjusted to playing with. And I think because Kemba plays a little faster, a little quicker, he's kind of more a traditional pick and roll point guard. Um, it helped other guys kind of get into the room a little bit quicker, especially I think Christian Wood really benefited from that. I even think Spencer Dinwiddie benefits a little bit from that, just knowing that um, you're, you don't have to expect the unexpected when you're playing with him. I think he's just a little easier to play off of, um, even if he can't obviously carry the burden that Luka carries as a point guard. Um, and he's dynamic. He, was really, he got to the room really quick, and I think defenses really had to be on edge when, when he had the ball. Anytime he caught the ball with an advantage, he's attacking right away. Um, and he's creating three-pointers. He's creating, he's creating shots. He's getting into the paint easier. Because I think also even Spencer, to an extent, also kind of plays a little bit off rhythm. He's a little bit more of a, a pace player. He's not directly attacking guys, just blowing by guys off the dribble. Especially ever since he's gone to primary initiator a lot of the time yeah. Lucas off the court. We saw him be a little bit more direct last season, but he had the ability to do that because he was working off the ball so much more. Yeah, and I think Kemba just plays more direct, and it just helps everybody get into a, a little bit of a better room. I think especially like Hardaway and Wood, they're more dynamic players. I think play even more dynamic when Kemba has the ball in his hands. And it's just it's a good it's a good changeup. It's a good thing to have to have to different styles of play and different speeds and tempos that you can play at and having players that fill all those separate roles. So where does this team go from here? They're now 15 and 16. And look, they had a good showing against Cleveland, but they also had a lot of things go right. Like Cleveland shot a lot worse than expected. Um, allowing 116 and more specifically 116 per 100 possessions um okay so minnesota scored just about i guess they had about 100 possessions so they scored at a 116 rate uh but those are those are big numbers and without maxi kleba it's gonna be tough for this team unless they're 100 percent locked in and making shots on the other end to have the type of defensive performances that i think they need um to continue winning games like right now it looks like i think the most reasonable assumption is to think this team kind of continues at a 500 pace where some nights they look really good and some nights they don't i think that gets a lot like even worse if dorian finney smith has to miss any time he went out of um monday's game with an abductor injury which has cost time for other players even in the league this season we're talking like six to ten games and i i guess the idea is just like what is what does the rotation look like well like lord forbid we talk about starting lineups again um but at this rate is is there any chance that dwight powell just comes back from this injury and replaces christian wood it's not like christian wood was amazing on uh on on monday but i also think that if jason kidd was ever looking for a reason to kind of go back against all of this talk about christian wood being a, a bench player i think this is a chance for him to do that and i think it's clearly the right decision you know, I, I actually don't think that's really the pivotal issue for them. I think it's not. It's, it's not. It just kind of came to mind. That's yeah. fair. 
And I and I think it's like it's it's a fun thing to talk about. Like, oh, we should start Wood over Dwight Powell. What's what's funny is that this season, all the games where Christian Wood has played thirty minutes have, for the most part, been a disaster. <laughs> That's been some of the worst games they've played this year. Even today, I, I felt I almost felt bad that like the game went poorly when he started because I didn't think it was all his fault necessarily. Well, I'll but say two. I, I'll say two things. First off, um, actually, let me say three things. First off, Nas Nas Reed. Um, like to apologize. I was unfamiliar with your game. <laughs> Second of all, it is still interesting that Nas Reed scored 27 points as the big man matchup with Christian Wood on the court. I'm not saying anybody else could do better, but just file that away as a data point. Um, but lastly, I, I do think at this point that, yes, it's about Christian Wood getting a lot of minutes. Um, but I don't, I don't see that much value in just putting Dwight Powell back in there. I don't know. Um, anyway, continue. Yeah, no, I, I, I think I don't, I don't feel strongly about it either way. Cause I don't think it's the consequential portion of this team, this team, right. not having Maxi and not having Josh, that's the, that's the biggest letdown for this team. Not having Maxi is really what is going to sink this team. That Maxi is what allows this team to do a lot of different things on defense. It allows them to play a lot of different players on defense, play different styles. Also allows them to just play five out on office and play a, a clean style that Luca wants to play that Luca feels comfortable with. Josh Green has emerged as their most dynamic wing player. I think we've seen that now that he's been out for five or six games. He's a person that they really truly miss. He adds an element of their offense that they just do not have. Yeah, like I mean, we talked fast. about at the start. Yeah, we don't. they don't have a dynamic part of their offense. They don't have anybody who can beat someone off the dribble. Someone who can cre- they, he also can create three-pointers. He can also get into the paint. He can and, and also, he's a good one-on-one defender for very athletic guards. I think he would have been a great one-on-one defender for Anthony Edwards today, for example. So not having Josh Green and Maxi, big deal. Not having Dwight Powell for a couple of games is also kind of a big deal. He's still a very serviceable big man. They don't have a backup big. Kid does not trust JaVale McGee at all. JaVale played, what, seven, eight minutes today? Nine minutes. He, nine minutes. He just clearly does not trust him, clearly does not think he's an NBA player right now. He plays him when he absolutely. He hasn't has been playing to. like one. Yeah, he hasn't. No, he it, makes he makes fun. To, he makes errors at a rate of like once per ninety seconds. Like they're, whether they're it's bad. an offensive foul, whether it's a glaring defensive breakdown. Not not a defensive breakdown where like if you're doing a film study, you're really looking at stuff. You'd be like, oh, that was supposed to be your X rotation. No, like you're losing a man at the three point line, or you're you know, positioning yourself to, yeah, it's like every 90 seconds, man, right now. Yeah, it's it's bad. And so, like, that's why you need, like, Christian Wood had to play 35 minutes tonight. He had to play 40. I don't know how many minutes he played, but 34. he played 34. And I think had the game been a close game, he would have played nearly 40 minutes because Correct. kid just does not trust JaVale McGee. And so they they need Dwight. They need Maxi. And then also, then you miss it. You miss Hardaway for if you miss Hardaway for a single game, then you just lose a lot of your dynamic wing rotation players. They this team was not built to endure this many injuries. They're not built for that. They're a house of cards. If everything goes correct for them, then they can they can play that way. But if not, like they might as well just get Jane Hardy some minutes. Like it's honestly kind of it's a shame that they had to sit him down for this game for the to the G League because this is a game he probably would have gotten minutes in. Because they just didn't have any dynamic players left in their rotation. I think Nilakin has played some of the rotation now. He's played. He's still a really good defender and, and, and allows him to do a lot of different things defensively. 
but I think he's still shown that he has very clear offensive limitations. He can hit spotted threes. He's a good, th- if you want to play him as like a nominal three and D wing, but like he's not a guy who can attack closeouts and finish at the rim. Look, man, I love Nilakina and I've advocated for him even in the past weeks on this podcast. This man's ability to miss layups is it's like impressive. Like it is, <laughs> it is genuinely mind blowing. These are shots that look the same as a hundred layups I've seen in my life, and all hundred of those layups go in the basket. And for whatever reason, his just like spin out and roll around, or something happens to them. Like it, it's like, is he cursed? You know, is yeah. is uh? I mean, I I hear there. No, I'm not. I'm not going to make a French national team joke. Never mind. We're going to move <laughs> on from that. Um, but it's 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 frustrating. You know, I feel I feel for him because like. He's so close to being a very usable NBA player. He's um, very close. You yeah. can, I can see what kid plays him. Like he's because right. he's a wonderful defender. He really boosts their defense, and theoretically, he can still handle the ball some. He's not, but it's tough to have Reggie Bullock and Frank Nilakina, who both cannot finish at the rim. And then also, Dorian has has been struggling this year. I think attacking closeouts compared to last year. And hasn't shot the ball quite at the rate he shot at last year. He's not playing terrible. I think he's just he's just not ha- he's not playing to his absolute best. And that it's just it's it's tough. Like they really need Josh Green to come back into this rotation and play lots of minutes. Yeah, I think the ex- as far as I understand, I'm not with the team right now. But the understanding is that he sh- should be back on this road trip. Maybe maybe not should, but certainly no. Could. He he no he, he's not. Uh, oh man! He actually okay, well, he had an interview with he only. Uh, I'm not informed. Callie Kaplan did an interview with him. Okay, today, and he said he's not coming back for the road trip, and he said it's gonna be a couple weeks. Okay, okay. Shout out Callie Kaplan, excellent beat yeah, reporter. She, yes. That was that was a great. Clearly better than me in this moment. Um, <laughs> who is completely She's slacking in on picking right up now, on that? Just. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna ship her a, ma- a winter coat. Uh, in, in appreciation for that uh for that little scoop i um yeah i guess let's end on the what i mentioned earlier is that i think the most realistic thing you can think about this team is that they're going to continue on a more or less 500 path and especially given the injuries but also just the way this team is built right now that i do think that there's a better version of this team that they can unlock to some degree in the at some point this season, but I don't know when that's going to be. And I certainly don't think it's going to be when multiple key rotation players are out. What do you think? Yeah, I think, I think they need to tread water. They actually have a pretty good stretch here where they play teams that they have a lot of teams that are under 500 or not in the playoff picture that are playing for the next two weeks. And they need to try to at least come out above 500. Fortunately for them, the West is weird. The West is just like, it's just a mess. There's not anybody that's really taking a stranglehold of it. So as long as they can just tread water, as long as they don't go on any extended losing streaks, they can. They just need to survive until they can get to a healthy roster. Yeah, having um, three of the next six games include two games against Houston and one against San Antonio. Actually, they play Houston. They have a really good stretch. Yeah, they play Houston three of the next seven. And then they also play San Antonio in the seven-game stretch. That is, and they play the Lakers, and they play the Wolves again. They play the Lakers. They play the Wolves again. The only, like, probably the toughest game out of those is the New York game. 
Uh, and there's going to be the added Jalen Brunson, you know, storyline. But that's a good stretch for them to, you know, I I would be shocked if they don't drop a few more of them. But that's a really good stretch to uh, just kind of lick your wounds, if you will, if you'll allow that cliche to kind of let everybody get back to health. And we'll see what the, where the team is after that. So, awesome. Thank you for popping on. It's a pleasure as always. And listeners... Hopefully it was a pleasure as always for you as well. We'll see you later this week. Got a got a fun episode planned. You'll see. See ya. He plays Fortnite just like me. I am 34. Don't fight the future, honey. Don't fight the future. The future is Luke, a big dick donjage from the home of Melania Trump. How many kids you hit? Don't fight the future. It tears me apart. Don't fight the future. Please be nice to Luca. Future four-time MVP. Oh, too bad. <laughs> but...